Hey, what's up? This is the intro. So I'm going to do a couple of, what's it called? I'm going to do a couple of um, plugs first. So I'm starting a new podcast with my friend Ivan Rylands, Ryland Ivans. And it is all over the road. And I know I said his name wrong. I don't care. He's laughing at me right now. So it is all over the road. It is actually on more than just Spotify. It is on public radio. Are you, t- are you talking shit while I'm trying to plug our shit, dude? Uh, no, no, I was talking shit about this video game. Oh, uh, so, yeah, so go check that out. It is on Public Radio, Spotify, and another one. Also, today's episode, I am interviewing Darrell Green. Darrell Green is a comic. He is also in the Air Force. He's also in the Air Force Reserves, and he's also was a, tw- a policeman for 20 years. So we talk about comedy and a couple current events. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, R? Uh, you know, not much. Let me just go in another room so it's a little less noisy. Yeah. All right. So, hey, so this is how it goes. I usually do an interview, then we can talk about current events if you want to. The only current okay. event I really don't want to talk about is the election because by the time this airs, there'll they'll be a new president. Yeah. You okay. know, so, so let's see. So... So where to start? So first of all, introduce yourself, man. All right. Uh, my name is Darrell Green. Uh, I am a current Colorado Springs resident. Um, I've been in Colorado. Hey, you there? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, sorry about that. The internet sometimes bug- is buggy, so we'll try it again. All right. And worst case scenario, if it doesn't work, if you can, could give me your numbers. That way, we can just do it through phone so I can record it that way. Okay. All right. So, as far as we got, is you're from Colorado Springs currently. Okay. Uh, yeah, from Colorado Springs. Been here for about 38 years. My dad was stationed here at Fort Carson. Okay. Um, I've been here ever since. Uh, married with three grown kids, um, and uh, I spent 20 years as a police officer. And I've been in the Air Force Reserves uh, for about nine years. All right. Well, just because I know a lot of people, I know a lot because I'm active duty. A lot of people talk shit about the reserves, but I just want to say thank you because the thing is, I get how it could be a little tougher being reserves and national guard because of the fact that you know when you get called i know when you deploy you become active duty and it's a little, it's a huge yeah. difference so yeah but all right so what are you doing the air force what you do what you do in the air force uh i'm a medical services corps officer um okay. so i run clinics um mobile clinics uh right now i'm at a staging unit on okay. Uh, Peterson Air Force Base. Before that, I was out at Aer- Aeronautical Evacuation Squadron in Wyoming, but right now I'm in a staging unit. Okay. So, question: Your rank in the Air Force? Just it's and you're an O six, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm a O four. O four. So, okay. So you're a major. Yeah. Okay. Too easy. Too easy. You're the highest rank on my podcast. Just want to let you know that <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm up for. I'm actually uh, getting boarded for O five. Uh, I've been I, I've been IRR uh, for about two and a half, or about two years, and um, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm if I'm going back. I only got I think this is the last year of my contract, and I'm done. But they're trying to sucker me into it by uh, dangling that uh, that O five in front of me. But we'll see. That's what happened with my dad. Like they dangled. Um... They uh, and I, could, I I'm probably wrong. He probably he will correct me if he hears this. Uh-huh. But he they dangled the E nine in front of him, like you no know, sergeant major rank in front of him. Yes. Like, yeah, we'll make you a sergeant major. You stay in. And he went to the school and everything, and they said he was too old. Yes, they did the exact same thing to my dad. Uh, oh, yeah. He tried to get a hardship tour in Korea because we were getting sent back to Germany. Yeah. Um, and they were telling him he was up for E nine. Uh, he. Uh, Pretty much got it, but then he was like, "Nah," because they're still sending us to Germany. We already spent ten years in Germany, yeah. and then once they sent him back, he's like, "Nah." So he retired. So I can understand that. Yeah. So all right. So you were, so you're, you're Air Force Reserves, and you are also a former police officer, right? Yep. Twenty years. All right, Twenty years. So my question is, what got you into doing comedy? Because those jobs, because I've been asked this question yeah. before, and those jobs are kind of, you know, they're kind of like, it's kind of like, why the hell are you doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, my journey into comedy is actually kind of an interesting one. Um, in 2017, November 27th, 2017, my wife was diagnosed with mucinous um, adenoid carcinoma, uh, appendix okay. cancer, or a very severe appendix can- cancer. She undergo uh, a 16-hour surgery, appendix, spleen, colon, reprodu- everything had to be removed. Uh, then exactly a year later, November 28th of 2018, my daughter was diagnosed with AML leukemia. Um, she was 22 at the time. Uh, we were told that it was probably terminal. So I just wanted to make them laugh. I wanted them to forget about their pain forget about the chemo, forget about everything. So every day I would try to make them laugh and they made me promise that once they were through chemo and through everything else that I would do an open mic, which I agreed to because yeah. I thought it's never going to happen. Um, Hello, you there? All right, we're having technical difficulties right now. I'm going to give him a phone call, and I'm going to call him that way, so that way we'll record it that way. All right? Stand to. This call is being recorded. Hello? Hey, you there, man? Yep, I am here. All right, cool. Yeah, so... Sorry about that. Sometimes the app, like when I do it through the app, it kind of like cuts through because it's by it's by Wi-Fi and data instead of this one, which is by uh, like the phone yeah. service. So this won't be a little better. So we were talking about, you know, your story about comedy, about your daughter and your wife to take doing chemo. If they go through chemo, they'll have to do an open mic. You have yeah. to do an open mic. Yeah. So once I'm home for probably about two months. Uh, they kept trying to get me to do one, and I kept trying to put it off. So finally, they got me to go do an open mic at Looney's. They drug me there. Yeah. I only had two minutes, and 
for what I said, I a bunch of stuff. Um, I got off stage and everybody was laughing, and I was hooked ever since. I was about a little over a year ago. I've been doing it. Oh yeah, since. yeah, cause, yeah, because you, you started around. Because that was what I was saying. Because when you were telling the story, I was like kind of confused. Because I was like, I know you started like around the same time I did, but you seemed more like a natural yeah. when you did it. You know. Because the thing is, you're like telling you're yeah. like telling the just stories and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right. So, let's see. So where was I? So, so that got you hooked in. Have you done any showcase or anything like that? I know you did. Like you were opener for Oscar Blues one time. At least I, you might have been on more. Yeah. Oh. Time you did. Yeah. Yeah. I've done. I've really. It's really kind of taken off for me. Yeah. Um. Like I just had a, had a showcase. Last week in Denver. Oh fuck yeah, dude! And Parker, yeah, with with uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Evans has become a really good friend of mine, probably one of my closest friends now. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, I've done quite a few showcases and things are starting to pick up with people trying to book me, so it's going well. Fuck yeah, dude! That sounds that sounds pretty good. I know Marcus was on that show. Yeah. Me and Mark, Marcus Wise, because me and Marcus were one. One, we're trying to do a showcase with uh, three E's, which, and we're also, and I'm trying to do a, po- we're trying to set up a podcast with each other, because right now I got two, but I'm trying yeah. to get a third one. I'm trying to get a third one. I just don't know how to. I just don't know what to do about it. But, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's that's another thing I'm in, I'm involved in with helping three E's get set up. Uh, working with uh, Eric, the owner, and Brian running a, a lot of it, so I'm helping get that set up. So I've been busy. Yeah, because I remember when we're, hey, dude, you guys stay busy with this fucking, you know, this climbing and shit, you know? But the thing is, yeah. like, that's the thing is, like, I remember I, I, I remember when, like, the invitation for the meet and greet with 3Es, I remember I was, like, interested, so I said, hey, I'm interested, and you're like, man, if I knew you were still here, I would have put you on the list. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you would have been here, but yeah, but it went yeah. well. Everything's going well. We're uh, three eases looking at opening up in uh, like September 10th, I think. Um, okay. Uh, it's, it's it's a great venue. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a step above from what people are used to seeing with the way that it's set up, the room, yeah, the class. It's going to be really good. Yeah, because I was there at the I was there I was there at the meet and greet and stuff, and there was like it was kind of cool seeing two you know two stages like the one the one room looked almost yeah. completely done, but the other one you know you yeah. still need to work on, but it still had like two stages and stuff like that, which I feel like yeah we're actually help comedy. I think it like I even told um I told Matt this, I told Matt and you know you you know John Montgomery right? Yeah. Yeah, I told John Rummy yeah. this. Like, I feel like it's going to help out loonies too, because the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, competition does one of two things: either it, you know, it makes or breaks you. And I feel like loonies needs the competition because of the way that it. Like, I'm not ripping on loonies when I say this, but I feel like the way that they run a certain amount of things, I feel like they need to start. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get, it, especially the fact that they're not in the right area, because I feel like three E's is in the perfect area. They're in downtown. You know? Yeah. Did you know how many times I've had to pick up soldiers? Yeah. Well, I don't have a car, but how many times I had to get an Uber for a soldier because he was downtown drunk being stupid? You know? <laughs> you yeah, know, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I so I think uh, with loonies and all that, I think it's just going to help everybody get better. They're going to help both clubs. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah, so that's what I think. I just the only thing I don't think they need. Well, because I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say this is true or not. But I've heard this from another comic that said that, like the like, loonies was like saying if you go to this club, I'm not going to book you at this club, which I think is kind of stupid. But I don't think that's yeah. true. You know, I don't think that's true because that doesn't. Yeah, I hope. I hope not. Yeah, because I would. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, I hope. Because I know. Yeah, because I know me and me and Marcus are working on a show to do for this to the vet for the veterans and stuff at Three E's. But you know, you know, it's kind of it's gonna kind of suck because my first mic was at Looney's too. You know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I like uh, Eric, the the owner of owner of, of Looney's. I like him a lot. I like loonies. I want to do both. I want to work both. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's not true because, um, like I said, even though I'm helping three E's get set up, it's not against, it's not anything against loonies. It's just because Ryan is like one of my closest friends now. And yeah. Eric is a great dude. I'm just helping them. If Eric from loonies asked me for help, I would help him as well. It's just I'm just trying to make sure everyone gets uh, gets the best out of this because we all can grow from it. Yeah, because th- like, I agree with you on that part. Cause the thing is, you know, like, because – sorry, I've had a long day today, so I'm a little I'm a little loopy yeah. right now. <laughs> so it's like – it's one of those things where, you know, it helps with competition and stuff like that. Also, it, yeah. it's like were – you, you, were you ever a wrestling fan? Sorry, were, you ever, were you ever like a WWF <laughs> fan, a WWC fan? Oh, oh, I was that? I was back in the days. Mine was back in the, yeah, back in the eighties. I'm talking about Junkyard Dog and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jimmy Superfly. Yeah, yeah, I'm old school WWE. Uh, yeah, yeah, old like, school. The reason, <laughs> only reason why I'm bringing that up is because the thing is, like, wrestling was at its biggest when they had competition. You know. Yeah. Like when WWF had competition, yeah. it was when WWE, when they were the best. They had that's when WC was around. You know, and that's the yeah. thing I feel like – that's the thing I think people need to understand is, like, it's more of a competition thing. It's not a competition thing, but it's going to help out yeah. the community. Because the thing is, it's like, you know, yeah. like us, it's like if you live up the north side of town, you know, it's like Denver's an hour away or two hour, an hour and a half away, you know. And if you live, live further down yeah. south or you live in Pueblo, you know, it's almost a two-, three-hour drive, you know. So I feel like yeah. it's going to help us out that way. But all right. So yeah. you started. So you started comedy like last, like around last year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so here's a question. So what was the biggest hurdles for you when you did comedy? Because I think because when I saw you, I think the first time I saw you was in Oscar Blues, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember when. That was but my I remember second it was Oscar time. Blues. Yeah. So what was yeah, like? Your that was probably my second time doing it. Yeah. So what were like your my hurdles biggest hurdles? Um, Man, um, believing that I was funny, having belief in myself, and I I tell stories. My comedy yeah. comes from my stories. So learning how to not waste words and get to the funny of my stories is probably my biggest hurdle because at, like, Looney's, you only have two minutes. At Oscar Blues, you have five. So. Yeah. I had to learn to just get to the funny um, and to learn how to basically just relax. 
uh, relax and, you know, have some faith in myself and, and, and be funny. Uh, I got you, man. Like, that, like my issue, like, I know when I started, my issue was more along the line. Well, my issue was kind of like, one was my confidence, the same, like, same as you, because the thing is, I was, I get really nervous when I started. And then I'd get stupid. Yeah. I, I decided I would I would get drunk right before I get on stage, you know. Where now it's like, not, yeah, no, that's true. Like I remember the first time I went on stage. I don't know if you were there, but I remember the first time I had like six shots. I had like eight beers, and I was like, I'm I'm good to go, you know. <laughs> Where now it's like, you know, bartenders get like, bar, like, especially like when Oscar Blues was still a thing, you know. Bartenders get mad at me, like, "Hey, you want something to drink?" I'm like, "Nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll get a drink after the bar, after the mic." And like, "Oh, come on, don't be a punk," you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just this is how it works for me. It's like I know there's some comics who get drunk before they they still drink before they go on set. I can't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. So well, who? My bad, man. Uh, but the good thing is, I, I don't, I don't drink, so I'm lucky in that department. I don't drink, and yeah. I know a lot of guys smoke weed. They get high before the alley. I don't know how you can tell Joe's high, but yeah, it works for them. Yeah, I don't know how they can do that because the thing is, I know some people, some people when they get high, they get they they think they're funny, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the same thing when you're drunk. You know, you think you're. You think you're hilarious, but the cop doesn't think it's funny that you know you crash into a, a wall. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. So let's see. So you've done a couple showcases. You got any other showcases coming up? Uh, not right now. I'm, I'm hoping to uh to get some more. I've been told that uh, I need to start preparing for when this pandemic is over. Um, oh yeah. To start looking at getting booked nationally. Um, I've, I've had some people who've been doing this for a while who've been watching me, who said, you know, you're gonna you're gonna start getting booked all over the place. So just get prepared for that. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm really kind of gearing up for, working on my material and doing open mics every once in a while and just getting ready for that. All right. Hey. Um. Let's see. I got a. I got this page. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the invite to it. Because it's like this one place, like okay. they, they're literally trying to book you. They're trying to book you na- international, na- like nationally. So the, it oh, okay. might help you a little bit with that. I'll send you the link to it, like after after this podcast. Cool. Actually, yeah, I'll send you the link after this podcast and stuff like that. But all right, so cool. So speaking of this pandemic, you know, I didn't really want to talk about it until later. But speaking of the pandemic, how has that affected you? Like with your writing, you know, your joke making, and you know, like actually working your stuff out, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to be the comic who wrote everything about a pandemic and follow because I'm sure everybody gets up on stage, you know, that's all their jokes is you know, pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. So I didn't want to be that comic. Um, it just gave me a lot of material from being. I have all three of my kids and my wife are all you know at my house. So it gave me a lot of material, which is some of the craziness that happens with all three of us being locked in together. Um, but I write every day. I don't care if it's just one thought that I have that I think is funny. I try to write uh, every day. Um, so I think it's I think it's helped me in the in the in the sense of my writing, but it's hurt me in the sense of there's not a lot of shows that I can get out there. There's not an open mic that I can get out there and hit. 
Um, my family has to spend a lot of time listening to me tell me and my family pets. So uh, yeah. that's what that's what has hurt me at. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like my like that's one thing I kind of I'm kind of jealous about with you because the fact is you you know you know you have a wife and kids and stuff like that. I am divorced, so I don't have my wife anymore to talk about those kind of like make stories about that kind of stuff. So a lot of my stuff are more because I'm not much as I'm not as much of a storyteller as you are. Cause you you were like a true born yeah. you know storyteller. You know, like you tell stories. You tell stories. Yeah. I kind of tell stories more like a. There's gonna be a punch to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's one thing that like I could see how I could see how Corona, like not the, the pandemic, has kind of helped you out in the sense that you know you can get you you can get you can kind of talk about how it is being in a house full of people, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Where. Yeah. But all right, so um. So besides the show you did um, in Denver, have you done any shows recently after that? Like before that, my bad, my bad. Uh, oh, before that? Yeah, yeah, I did uh, two uh, show cases at – actually, no, right before – so a couple of weeks ago, I did one in Cold Spring at a, a brewery, which is really interesting. Um, then I did one with Matt and Austin for their drive-in. Okay. Uh, which I really enjoyed. I had a blast doing the drive-in one. Um, and then my two at uh, studio studio at Main Street in in Parker, and then I did a pretty big show. Actually, it's probably the biggest one I've done in Phoenix, Arizona at CB Live, which is over 300 people. So I've been, oh, I've, been staying, I've been getting some really good shows. Shit, yeah, shit, man. So wait, you did the one in um, you did the festival in in Phoenix, Arizona, or you did the just did a showcase. So I know there's a festival coming. I just up. did a showcase. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I did. I was supposed to do the one. I was supposed to do the festival. I don't remember what date it was, but I had a I had to cancel just because of the fact is I'm in the army. I'm not allowed to go there because because of the pandemic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so, because yeah. I never did, I never did the drive-through one. I talked to Marcus about this. And I also talked to David Elgato about this. How or, how yeah. is the drive-through show? Because I I've never done the drive-through show. Like the only show I've done was that one at Happy Tap that they do once a month. Yeah, you know so I, I did it with Delgado, and I was a little concerned because um, it was so spread out and people sitting in their cars. Some are out in lawn chairs. You know, how's the laughter going to carry? Uh, are you going to be able to hear them? Um, so I was a little concerned, and but the, the the view, everything was just beautiful. And once I got up there and got on the mic, and they would flash their lights to let you know that they were laughing or that they, they liked to joke, and the lights start flashing, and I hear some people laughing and um, having the view of the mountains. It was awesome. I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite shows. Oh yeah. All right, man. So let's see. So with comedy, because you're a storyteller, but who are you like? Just, just who are your influences when it came to comedy? Oh man, I'm gonna. So I gotta go with uh, a lot of the uh, like Red Fox. Um, my favorite is probably Richard Pryor. He's his his 
records my parents had and, uh, back in the 70s, and I wasn't supposed to listen to them, and I'd wait for them to go to work, and I'd listen to his records. Um, uh, um, of Seven Heart. Uh, my favorite probably right now is uh, it's really between Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Um, I okay. love Bill Burr. He cracks me up. Um, I love seeing Dave Chappelle's growth. I, I started watching him when he was, you know, wasn't such a political comic, but he was just kind of goofy, but was still funny. And then he yeah. grew to what he is now. Um, but I just, I just honestly, I just, I, I just love comedy. I like, I like new comics coming up who are good, who I haven't heard before. So I spend a lot of time like on YouTube. It drives my wife crazy. Uh, or on our satellite in our car, just listening to comedy. Once I hear a new comic is great, I you know I Google them, I check them out, I listen to their their set. Um, but I just love comedy in general. Okay. Damn, that that's definitely one of the best answers I've had. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm just making sure you're still there, so that way I don't have to do this shit again. This is getting pretty interesting. All right, so <laughs> I know. Andrew Ingram, I'm gonna I'm gonna take something that Andrew Ingram did on my last po- the podcast he was on mine. He asked me the same question. He, I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna ask you. So, wh- where do you see yourself in comedy okay. in the next like five, ten years? So, gosh, I am so. When it comes to my introspect of myself, I don't see. I don't know. I I have. I guess. Uh, I don't see myself being anything more than probably a road comic. Um, hopefully making enough where I can support myself and my wife and pay my mortgage and enjoy what I'm doing. Um, the show that I just did last week, uh, I was told that I needed to be prepared to really blow up. So they think, I have people who think that I'm going to be a lot more than what I'm going to be. So in five years, hopefully I'm able to just make a um, travel around, uh, maybe have a I, – I really want to do a special. So hopefully have a couple of specials on my belt in five years. Uh, in ten years, I'd like to hopefully have done maybe a movie with somebody, even if I'm just standing in the background waving. At least I'm in a movie somewhere and I got a credit. Um, oh, yeah. But I just want to keep growing. Uh, with each with each each year, I want to set a goal, and I want to grow with that goal. Next year, uh, I want to be I want to get a, a television spot somewhere. I don't care if it's on PBS. Uh, put me on television somewhere where I can tell some jokes. And then uh, next year after that, I want to get a, a special, thirty minute special, nothing big, nothing fancy, whatever. And then just keep growing from there. Hell yeah, dude! Nah, like that's what I'm, it's kind of interesting because it's like I see a lot of comics. Like cause the thing is, you and me have done this about the same amount of time, right? I think, I think, yeah, yeah. And the thing I like about you is the fact is a lot of comics are they're already thinking about going on tour. They're already thinking about trying to get specials or trying to do albums or trying to get merch and stuff like that. And it's like, listen, we've only been doing it for about a year, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you you played sports, right? You know, yeah, like, you yeah. Know, uh-huh. Even though you know, there's always like JV and varsity. JV people don't expect to get a college scholarship. But you know the it's like yeah. the senior and the it's a senior wrestler, the senior football player, or you know whatever. They're the ones that are looking at the scholarships. It's not you know the yeah. freshman. There's not the freshman on the JV who's like, I can do it. You know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of that's kind of how I look at. It. I was saying today I was talking to Ryan Evans, and yeah. and I was telling him I was like I was like I'm just a I mean, I'm just a, a a small fry. I mean, that's how I look at it. But yeah, I agree totally. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's the thing that's that's the thing that I feel like. It's because the thing is, I don't understand why some comics like expect are like trying to go too fast. Because that's the thing. I've had a couple comics tell me this. Uh, I've had uh, Matt yeah. Gabriel tell me this. I've had um, I've had John Rumry, John Brown. I've had Lloyd Woodby tell me this. It's like this isn't this is this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. It's a marathon, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like that's and that's the thing I think about. Like I, like I really appreciate the fact that you kind of, like you kind of have the same mindset that I have. That you know you want to make it to where, you know, it's more of a, I'm just going by year by year. Cause, yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because that's what I told. That's mm-hmm. what. That's how I was. That's how I'm in the army. You know, it's like I'm just going day by day. It's like. Yeah. Just because just the fact is, like, you don't know what happened. Like, you know, you might have a show. You might be on tour and your tire might pop, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's see. So I'm going to ask you this. And if you want me to stop, you can tell me to stop. But I'm going to ask you this because the fact is I've, I've talked to a lot of I talked to a lot of people about this because I'm, I'm really into certain current events. You know, I'm into the fact that. Uh-huh. You know what ha- what's happening in Fort Hood and what's happening throughout the world with you know, yeah, you know Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. You know, and I kind of want to ask your opinion yeah. on this because the thing is, you know, you're an old, you're a major in the Army. I mean, in the Army, Air Force, or Air Force uh-huh. Reserve. Right? You were a cop. Yes. And uh-huh. you were, and you were it, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are uh, you're an African American male. So I just want to know what your opinion yeah. on, on is with that stuff. Because the thing is, you know, like I've told, I've talked to a couple people about this. I actually had people ask me this, like, so what is your opinion on this? So I was like, well, I really don't have an opinion. But my opinion is, if I was, because I, I brought up John Brasfield, was like, well, because people got mad at John Brasfield the way he talked about. It. I was like, well, to be fair, he's been in the Air Force. He kind of he did his, he, he rose his yeah. hand like you know. What happened with George Ford? Uh, yeah. What's his name? George Ford, right? The cop that the cop that put his neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, and I asked him that. Yeah. I told him that. You rose your hand. So, what is your opinion on that? Because you, because you did the same thing. Because you were a cop for twenty years. What is your opinion on that? Like, here. So, I I get asked this question a lot because uh, a lot people say, you know, you're black and you're a cop. You know, how do you feel about this? Um, and I tell them I have. There's two sides. Uh, to me, there's that cop side that I hate seeing these uh, protesters assaulting cops. I just watched a video probably a few hours ago where this cop was just standing there and these protesters were in his face. He had his riot gear on and some girl is like blowing smoke in his face. I'm assuming it was weed, but you should tell he was just trying to keep his composure and that just pissed me off. I'm like, yeah. how dare you do that to somebody who's just doing his job? Um, now, there's the other side of me. Well, I agree with the protest. I agree with Black Lives Matter. It just should be done in a civil manner. Um, you know, this country was built off of protesting, uh, yeah. from the Boston Tea Party to women's suffrage movement 
to the uh, the March on Washington in 1963. I mean, this country is built off of, of protest, but it has to be done in a certain way. I just don't agree with the way that it's being done. Uh, the cops that did that to George Floyd. Um, so when I retired uh, from the police department, I was a sergeant, and I ran two special ops units. I taught uh, defensive tactics all over the state. Uh, I know a lot about the use of force. That was clearly above and beyond anything that cops should have, should have done, and he yeah. should be punished for it. I totally agree with that. Uh, people ask me, is there such thing as systemic racism in the police department? I worked on two departments. I was the only black officer on two departments. One was a really large department, and I can tell you for a fact there is systemic racism. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've heard cops using racially derogatory terms because they forgot that I was there. Uh, but it's there the same are thing also in some really good police officers, really good police officers who don't deserve to be treated that way. So what I would tell people is, is if you have anything against police, I was like, before you automatically judge that officer, you don't want to be judged for the color of your skin. Don't judge that officer based on the Wait to see if that cop's a jerk, then hey, yeah, then he's a jerk. Be the best person. I, exactly. Yeah, because that's exactly. how it is in the army. Because the thing is, is like I talked to my the type dad of cop, about. I would do anything to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember having a conversation. I'm sorry. I'm trying to interrupt you, but like, I talked to my dad about that. He was like, because my dad was my dad was a first sergeant in the army, right? He even told me it's like there is racism yeah. in the army. People who say there isn't racism in the army are full of shit. But the thing yeah. is, there are there there are good soldiers. It's kind of like the whole Vanessa thing, because I I talked to one of my friends. They're like, the army's sexist. Like, no, no, no. It's 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 there is sexism in the army. But just to blame yeah. the whole army yeah, for it, yeah, you know, to blame the whole army for that is like it's it's ridiculous. Because I yeah. treat, because I because I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be 85 soon. I'm gonna be a sergeant. I, and I, uh-huh. I've, I've even told people it's like, if you can do your job, I don't care. I don't care who you are, yeah. man, woman, you know, black, white, Hispanic. I don't care as long as you can do your job. And I'm gonna treat you the same way. Now I'm not gonna. Now if you're strong in yeah. one thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on that. I'm gonna focus on what you're weak on, so you can get better at what you're strong at. You're better at what you're weak at, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing that yeah. I don't think some people understand. Cause some people, when it comes to the media, and I could be wrong, but when it comes to the media, they kind of wanna, you know, they're they're it's a business. It's not freedom of press. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a business now, you know. Mhm. Uh huh. Totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, because. That's how it's been forever. Because I remember um, 2016, you know, we're 2016. You know, all the media and the stuff like that is like because that's what because this went. That's when I was. I came to. Um, I figured out what. Oh, I'm gonna try to say this. This that was the first time I heard about Black Lives Matter, and I didn't understand it because the thing is, I was yeah. in Afghanistan. I wasn't in the country. Yeah. So I didn't. You know. I'm kind of separated, so I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, "What the hell is this shit?" But yeah. now, as now that I'm here, it's like I kind of I'm like, "All right," because I, I thought because I I'm probably gonna tell a story. He's probably gonna get mad at me for telling a story. But one of my friends got shot, you know, yeah. and they didn't find the cop. They didn't find the guy who shot him. And the thing is, like, well, he, and he's one of my best friends. And I thought about, it. I was like, "What if that that was him? What if he was George Floyd? What if he was, you know?" 
Trayvon yeah. Martin or anything like that. I was like, that's that's the reason why I'm for it is because the fact is my best friend, you know, got shot and nothing and nothing happened. He has a million he has a million yeah. hospital bills and shit like that, and that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I see it from two sides. Um, some of the issues like defunding the police, uh, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I don't. I think I don't either. Oh, go ahead. And I, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. The thing is, what I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I think. I think they should treat them kind of like because they are a militant force. I feel like they should be treated like the military. I feel like if they have issues, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know how cops are. Like I wasn't, I was never a cop, but I I know when if like say for example, I was diagnosed with PTSD when my last deployment. So I can get help free. I didn't feel like the police station, and, and if the cops do this, let me know. But I feel like cops should be able to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's nothing like that for for police. Yeah. The thing is, like, um, yeah. you as a cop, you know, you might be doing a drug bust, and you know, one of your friends might get blown off and might get his head blown off and stuff, you know, and the next day you're doing traffic stops. You know, yeah. Those are those are completely yeah. like those are completely you know different. That's kind of like you know getting bombed and like doing a mass because I'm, that's what happened with me is like I did a mass kill and then I did a patrol. You know, so yeah. it's like I saw I saw twenty dead bodies, yeah. saw a kid get shot in the stomach. And, you know, she's she's not even crying anymore. She's in shock yeah. because the fact is she's been it was eight yeah. hours ago. And, you know. Then we did a patrol, and it's like those are two completely different things. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like they need they need that help. You know. Yeah, I would totally agree. There's there's not such like I was uh I was involved in a shooting, gosh, eleven years ago now, and a good friend of mine, a cop, got shot and killed, died right in front of me, and uh, I think I was given. Two days off. Uh, I have some issues with that. Uh, so they sent me. We have a department. Most departments have a department psychiatrist. You go see them. They might give you a week off. You usually you used to get two weeks off when you were involved in a shooting, but now they're time off. They went back on the road. It's possible because they believe that's the best way for you to overcome it is to get back on the road, which I disagree with. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things that's not being done to help uh, some cops. Uh, some cops are just that's just the way they are, uh, and for them, uh, that whole blue line stuff, nah, they need to go. I'm, I'm a very advocate believer in once you have somebody who's exposed themselves for being a bad cop, uh, you they're know, there's, a bad there's cop. a process that you have to go through. Yeah, you're a bad cop. You take yeah, the process and then, hey, you know, yeah. Because that's what I talked about because I talked to – because I've talked to – I've talked to quite a few female – um, well, women – female comics, you know, and they always ask – and we talk about the same thing. Yeah. We talk about what happened with Vanessa in Fort Hood, and I told them the same thing. It's like I feel like her entire leadership should be fired because of the fact that, you know – Yeah. Because the fact is they didn't do their job because the thing is – I've had soldiers. I, I don't have. I've, had, I've never had a female soldier because the thing is, my MOS just got female, like uh, women, women soldiers, right? Yeah. So I've talked to them. I'm like, hey, 
every soldier, if they have an issue, the first thing I do is I say, hey, do you need help? And they're like, yes, I do what, I do everything in my power to help them out. And that's the thing. Her leadership didn't do that. And that's kind of how I feel about the cops. I feel like if you're a bad cop, you just, like, you know. Yeah. You need to get you need to get fired at at the minimum. Yeah. And, like, the guys who went yep, to George minimum. Floyd, at, at, the, at what happened to George Floyd, I feel like he should be in jail. Because the thing is, if I if, if was on patrol and I did that, I would be in jail. I mean, Leonard Worth breaking rocks. You know? Yeah. But yeah. all right, let's. Do you got anything else to say about this? Because I, I, I want, I want to hear. If you have anything else to say, I want to hear it. You know. Uh, no, like I said, my 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 opinions are are <laughs> are kind of are different than a lot of other people's. Being with what I've been involved in in police departments, but no, I just hope uh, we find a solution to this, which I don't think is gonna. It's going to happen for any time soon, but we'll see what happens. I, I don't think – I think it's going to take time, you know. Yeah. I know people, some people are going to get mad for me saying this, but I feel like it's going to take time because I feel like that's how everything works. I don't think – I don't think stuff – I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, the revolution took years, you know. Abolishing yeah. slavery took years, you know. Um the women's the women's suffrage movement took year, took years. Same thing with you know civil rights. It took years. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this is going yeah. to take years, and I think people don't understand that. You know. Because the thing is, like, oh, sorry, would I interrupt you? You there? Hello. <laughs> You there, man? Hello? Hello? Hey, you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Darrell. Can you hear me? This call is being recorded. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, man. My bad. All right. Okay. Um, no, I was just saying that I agree with everything that you said. It's going to take time. Um, this this culture within police departments has been this way for, you know, 100, 100 and something years since uh, the first police department was started, I think, in Boston. And it's just yeah. a, a culture that's going to take a long time to change. It's, 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 it's ingrained. Um, Racism, feminism, um, all that's ingrained inside of the the department. It's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Because yeah. because I know because uh, again I've never been a cop, but in the army, the the big the most common phrase when they talk about regulations like the army's been the army's been a thing longer than you've been alive. And yeah, I feel like that's what people need to understand about certain things. I feel like they need to you know make it they need to take their time with everything because the thing is that's how that's how we get that's how our our all our movements have happened that's how all the big you know big events in the world in the world happen it's not like happens it doesn't happen like right yeah. away it like every yeah. like we talk about anything you know 
Like, even with this country, our government, yeah. it took years, you know, everything, man. But, all right, well, hey, yeah. we're almost – well, I got to do another podcast pretty soon, so we're going to end this in a lighter <laughs> note because I don't want to end this in a bad note. All right, so you don't <laughs> – okay. so, my bad, my bad, my bad. But, all right, so let's see where I was going at. So are you going to go to any of the open mics? I know there's, like, two open mics coming up. I know there's one in Colorado Springs. There's one in Pueblo. Are you going to go to them? Yeah, I saw Matt post one. Yeah, I want to go to both of them. I saw Matt posted one. Um, then I was trying to find the one in Pueblo, but I'm, I'm going to try to hit both of those. Uh, I just got to find out where they're at. I, I, I got to check to see where Matt put his. All right, I'm gonna send you. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to those, and plus the other website I told the other page. I was gonna send you send them. All right, man. Oh man, appreciate it. Sounds good. No problem, man. Hey, do you have anything you want to say before we go? You know what? This is this has been a pleasure. Uh, this is my first podcast. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'll be doing many more. So this is gonna be my first, no matter what happens. This is my first. I appreciate it. All right, no problem, man. Um, this one's probably going to publish like around mid-November, just because the thing is, I'm trying to get a bunch of my shit early, just for, for the sheer fact that you know, stuff might happen. Like I got to go to I got to go to NCO school, so I'm going to be gone for about a month. So I won't be able to oh, yeah. a month. So yep. this is going to be in like November. This one's going to be like around November. So I appreciate talking to you, man. Um, if you ever want to get on my other podcast, All Over the Road, let me know. And yeah, I had pleasure, I had a pleasure talking to you, bud. You there? Yeah, here I said I, yeah, same here. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, no problem, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Peace. All right, take care.